Hello and welcome to another episode of the Legal Breakdown in association with Alliance Legal. Today I have a great guest with me and I will hand it straight over to him to introduce himself. Thanks Josh, that's very kind of you. Um, as you can probably see from the screen, my name is John Harvey. I am an author. I have a company called The Samfire Club, which is a private members organisation based in the southwest of England, so I operate between Bath and Cornwall, Penzance. Um, and yes, networking is a lot about what I do, um, and it's something that I am regarded as a leading authority on. Um, but equally, I will work with companies in terms of advising them with their business development and training their juniors, especially professional service companies, excuse me, um, in-house network. So. And I have been going for six years, before which I had a long career in sales and business development. So that is a little bit about me. Brilliant. Thanks, John. So today we're going to go over a few points on networking and kind of focusing on the professional services, solicitors, accountants, but kind of a general overview of how you can improve your networking skills and your networking group, as it were. So... John, from your point of view, what's the um, best way to improve your networking from a point of view as being a solicitor and accountant? And because obviously, from my point of view, that's that's yeah. what I am. I'm a solicitor and I think I'm pretty good at networking, but there's a lot of solicitors out there that aren't and and accountants. And I see them more of kind of hoping the work's going to come to them rather than go out there and make a network to get the work in. Yeah. Uh, it, professional services interest me hugely, and I deal with a lot of them because there is that integrant into, oh, I can't even think of the word, excuse me. There's that basic problem that you are expected to bill hours and be a fee earner. And yet at the same time to balance that with becoming a rainmaker and getting out there and networking. Um, and it's a very tricky balance to strike. Um, and when you are starting out and you're new and you are younger, um, uh, it, this, this applies across the board actually. Um, networking is scary. Um, it's not a natural thing to do, to go into a room full of strange people and start going, hi, I'm Josh, I'm a lawyer, um, you know. And trust me, even very senior people who have been networking all their lives, and I include myself in that, I still get scared if I go into a room full of people I don't know. I have to literally kick myself and go, you know how to do this. But it's tricky. Um, and the danger is um, that they will just talk shop in the corner with people they do know, other lawyers, other professionals, other bankers, etc. Um, some of them, and this is in my observation, my experience, a lot of junior ones are there on sufferance because they've been told to go out and network um, and they probably don't want to be there. Um, but again, I don't think there's enough training involved, which is something I like to help these companies with, you know, and changing that outlook. Um, and something very fundamental is across the board, again, networking without strategy is absolutely pointless and will get very frustrating and leads to a lot of the disenchantment I see with young professionals about networking. So how can you make your, probably the wrong word, but how can you get yourself into a routine of being happy to network? Like, is there a way of kind of 
getting yourself to a point where it kind of gets easier in that respect? Um, very simply, like everything else, practice, practice, practice. The more you do it, um, the less scary it gets and the easier it gets. Um, but practice. And I would always suggest, I would always recommend networking with someone else. So almost like get a networking wingman or a networking buddy because it's less frightening when there's someone else with you. Um, but no, and I would also suggest um, starting at basics and making a plan. You know, what are you networking for? Um, you know, if it is to bring in new business or build a network of influencers and referrers, that's fine. But then logically take it to the next level. Oh, God, I can't believe I just said that. Forgive me. But then if that's what you want to do, who are they? Identify them and then make a plan to get in front of them. And networking, by the way, for me, is also online. It's not just face-to-face. So included in that is social media. LinkedIn is huge. Okay. I think that's kind of going into my second point. That okay. Raise, which is fine. Um, what goes wrong in a networking in terms of your view of the follow-up? Because I feel a lot of people just meet each other at a networking event, mm. shake hands. And I, I think two things can go wrong in a networking from an in-person perspective. One is you can be a bit too forceful on selling your services mm-hmm. rather than being personable and actually kind of talking to the person as a kind of getting to know them acquaintance. Yeah. And I know a lot of networking now especially a few that I've seen of being around America, looking at their networking is talk to the person and get to know the person and don't bring up business until it seems the right time to kind of bring it up. Kind of like, hi, I'm Josh, you're John. Let's get to know each other rather than mm. actually talk about I'm a lawyer. You're the, the super connector, John, as we know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um yeah from that point of view then following up is the biggest thing in my head that you really need okay two points uh on this you mentioned selling i for me networking is nothing to do with selling or sales um that will come further down the line as a result of your networking and your network but anybody who starts trying to pitch me something what they do at an event just leaves me cold i also really i'm not a fan of elevator pitches i know they're very common and there are a lot of networking groups out there where you are expected to stand up and do yours i find that very forced um to me it's about the relation building the relationship finding that spark do you feel a connection with that person and that's not going to happen with everybody so you know don't waste time with people you don't connect with um and then and then working out right i want to see them again so for me, next step would probably be suggesting going for a coffee because the coffee's nice and safe and you've probably got half an hour max on a coffee. Um, it's sort of the next stage I would go to. Um, but again, fundamental problem with follow-up. No one, well, a lot of people don't do it full stop, which kind of makes the whole process of dragging yourself to an event and engaging with people kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, you know, but the ones who... T- do you know i always go 24 hours if you haven't followed up in 24 hours it's it's beginning to diminish and it doesn't have to be major it can be as quick as really love you know great to meet you love talking with you um i'd like to talk to you again let's let's go grab a coffee at some point if you want to see them 
If you don't, it's just lovely to meet you. I um, really enjoyed talking with you. Um, if, if I can help with anything, just give me a shout is what I do. But you follow up and you put them into your phone, your CRM, you link up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm curious, so I'll go and see if they're on Instagram and et cetera. But, you know, but just get into the habit. So after, if I, if I go to an event, um, let's say it's a lunchtime event, well, any event, if I go to an event, I will always schedule half an hour in my diary immediately after that event just to sit, have a cup of coffee and get my follow-up done and also reflect, write down everything I can remember about the conversations I've had because I know I won't be able to remember it even that evening, probably. How do you keep a relationship going at a distance now? Because a lot of us are obviously Zooming and mm. a lot of probably smaller businesses now are doing a lot of more international or long-distance yep. transactions where they've either met yep. the person in met the person in person once and they're not going to keep going up there to see them or seeing them on zoom and Mm -hmm. you're not having as much personal relationship time as you would normally have so instead of having a coffee what would you do a zoom every quarter or kind of try and have a phone call or depends uh depends how all right two things um when i've met people i tend to sort of rule group them into a b or c or something similar so the ones that, it's a bit like the 80-20 Pareto's thing, you know, the ones that are going to be important members of your network, I would suggest you minimum once a month, um, at least. Others maybe once a quarter. Um, in terms of how you keep up with them or how you conduct that, I would always ask them to tell you how they would prefer to be contacted because everybody has a preference. It's one thing. And with your clients as well, certainly do that. It's like, what is the best way to get hold of you? I'm happy for, you know, some people go, let's just have a quarterly Zoom. Other people go, I don't need to see you. So just let's have a phone call. Um, and in between those I mean, that's times... What you said, somebody... That's what you said to me the other day. I was feeling offended. You didn't want to see <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. It depends how I'm feeling as well. It's like, oh, dear God. Um, but equally, something else I like to do, which is just to keep... It's what I call pinging somebody, like a radar ping, is if I've got a spare five minutes, I will literally just go into my phone and start sending... I normally do it on LinkedIn, but you can do it on WhatsApp. It's just sending little voice notes because you can make so much more impact with your voice than you can by text. Just going, um, I don't know why, but you've suddenly come into my thoughts. Hope all's good with you. Um, You know, be afraid. Be very, very afraid. But give me a call sometime. And it's just letting them know that you're still thinking about them. I don't, I started as, I started doing it as an experiment, but the feedback has always been really good. It's like, John, you made my day. I hadn't thought about you for ages, but you made me smile. Um, things like that. But I do think with your more important ones, you need to have a, reg, uh, a regular catch-up scheduled. So at the end of every call, if it's a call, just go, let's get the next one in the diary. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay no. Again, coming back to structure. Yeah. You know, it's not random. No, 100%. And I think, and that's where people, hard. I think that's where people forget. They think networking is just random and not having a structure to actually how to do it. And that kind of, you're, you're doing very well with my questions that I've got. You're following on to the next one after each topic. So I'm liking this. I'll tell you, Josh, I've been facetious here, um, but in the podcast, we call it segue. Yeah, the segue. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what I was get so the next question was kind of what size network should you have? Because from a point of view from how when I started, obviously mm. 2016 when I was a trainee solicitor. Um wow. I started picking up a lot of the same type of people. So I probably had three or four accountants, probably other lawyers that do different things to mm. us, and then 10 or 15 estate agents. I've now kind of come in my head, rightly or wrongly, and I'm not not trying to offend anyone from what I'm going to say, is I'm trying to keep my network very small now and only dealing with a certain number of people because, as you said earlier, it's really difficult to kind of keep on top of everything on a follow-up. And, mm, I don't want, and I don't want to offend people by not following them up. So I'm trying to keep my network to two or three of maybe each industry just because that's kind of where it is working for me. But I do want to keep my network larger, but it's just so difficult to keep on top of that. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question, a really good point. Um, because the larger your network, the more diversity you have and the more opportunities, by definition, will be out there. But, yeah. you know, I know people who've got 20,000, 30,000 people on LinkedIn. But, you know... But having that, you can't, you're not intimate with, you know, you're not close to that many people. There will be your um, inner circle or your most trusted network. Um, there's someone else I know who I've met recently who has something called My Most Trusted Network, uh, which sits, it's a bit of software, sits within his LinkedIn, which is very clever. Um, but the ones that really matter, again, it's like, is size important? Um, no, it's who's in your network rather than, how many um that's not to say a huge network isn't valuable because it is um because there's more going out. you will know more there's more information flowing around but i'm not typical because i pretty much do this for a living so for me it's just what i do whereas if you have a proper job for instance as you do then networking is something you have to build into it which then means you have to make the most use, the most effective use of the time that you dedicate to networking. So I would probably concur and go, I would have, I don't know, if, they, if it's just like 100 people to start with, that really good people. I mean, that's, that's and, the kind of number I have in my head. That's kind of the yeah. number I look at, yeah. And make sure that you touch base with all of them once a month. Mm, okay, okay. You know, but I suppose the other advantage is kind of having someone like you in our corner because you've obviously got the bigger network and you're mm. like you're saying you're keeping your network up to date and obviously touching base with them and obviously being yeah. part, of the, part of the your your networking group mm -hmm. or kind of employing you as a kind of consultant can help create a network in itself oh i think so yes i think everybody within their network should have a handful say half a dozen um, of what I call super connectors, of which I would be one. But these are the kind of people, you all know them. They are the people who just seem to know absolutely everybody and they know where's the best place to eat and where's the best place to stay. Um, um, and you can find these people. They're normally in the following sectors, PR, journalism, hospitality, charity fundraisers, actually, interestingly. They, they know everybody. If you just have two or three, four or five of those in your network, you then have access to a portal, let's say, to this huge bloody network out there that 
you don't have to be active in their networks all the time, but you have access to it. And that itself is very valuable. Okay. Okay. No, that, that's interesting. I didn't even think about charity fundraisers. So that's definitely a new one for me. That oh, seriously. I just discovered it a long time ago. But one, they move around between different charities. So they are very much a tribe in their own right. They know everybody and they're really good at getting favours from people. So when a charity fundraiser calls you and says, I need to talk to you, never make eye contact because just say, what do you want? How much is it going to cost me? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love yeah. them dearly. Yeah. So um, I think we kind of covered this. One of the other questions was how to manage your network, but you pretty much covered that with kind of obviously touching base with kind of obviously the emails and following up. But I would just, yeah, I would just split it into, again, you could go always fall back on 80 20, just go, these are the 20 most influential people in my network. These I have to stay on top of and get very close to. Um, Does it have and, to be you directly? In, a, in this type of world that we've got now, or could you, I'm not saying I do this, I'm just, as an example, is could you- Asking get your, for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend, absolutely, absolutely. With, <laughs> what about your assistant sending out those emails and touching base and things, is that? In theory, you could. You could automate a lot of it. Um, would they know? I don't, I don't know. Um, I think if you could automate it, then certainly, especially the lesser ones, the ones where it's just once a quarter, I'm just going to touch base with them. I think that's fine. Um, but your, your important ones, I think it needs to be more personal than that. So, which is where I think a voicemail really counts. And it doesn't take long, it takes less than 10 seconds to send a voicemail to someone. Yeah, and I think you're 100% right. And I think that's where it goes wrong. I think a lot of ways of follow up are very impersonal. And Interestingly, that's. Uh, my standard follow-up email will include that phrase, if I can help with anything, just give me a shout. But it's not a template. I never copy and paste that. It's always handwritten. It's always handwritten. What am I talking about? But it's always, I start every email fresh. And again, something going back to the follow-up. If When you're following up, if you can then just uh, refer to anything that was in the conversation that they talked about, or if you were talking about a certain subject and you go, um, this book is really good on that subject, here's the link, or something that just lets them know you actually listened to them and you listened and you remembered. It makes a big, big, big impact. Okay. And I love that segue again, but I didn't, I haven't got it with me, so give me one second. I'm going to have to run. Okay. So I, I do have it here with me. Your book. No, it won't show. Oh, my book. I can't even I can't even do it because my background's stopping it from showing. There we go. Is, there we are for the love of networking by me. Available Absolutely. on Amazon. So there we go. There was the book plug. So that was perfect timing. Thank you. <laughs> I'm too modest to mention it, but yes, I am a published author. And yeah, it still so makes me big giggle every time I say that. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the book about, John? I'll let you explain it. Um it is about, so it's my story of my life, how I came to end up discovering the world of networking and how it has fundamentally changed my life. And it's allowed me to work for myself and start, you know, and have a business, which still feels strange. 
but it's just opened up my world so so much but within it is everything that i hold dear and to me that is what networking is and how it can just change individuals organizations um you know and it's a basic life skill that not just for business i think all school kids should come out of school knowing what it is and how to do it um you know it's a but it's my it's just my story yeah, I mean, uh, reading some of the book, I'm going to be honest, I haven't read it all, John. I'm going to be honest. It's okay. But, uh, I, I will do. I will get around to it. Joe's been reading it and been sending me snippets of pages. To be fair, to be fair, <laughs> it's designed as a book that you can dip in and out of. So it's, you know, there it's it's divided up into why you would network or you could just dip in and go how to do, how to create a networking plan. But, but very interesting, bit. during the book, a lot of, there's a few points in there that I remember from my business degree. And you've actually picked up on a few points that used to be in our business books and things on yeah. how to kind of do business in general as well. So it's actually really interesting from that point of view and a market well, perspective. Yeah, a lot of it will have um, my basic ethos, which is just be nice to each other. Um, you know, very sort of hippy dippy, but mm. just be nice. Because for me, it's people, anyone who's been on sales course will know, you know, people by people. I hear that all the time. I used to subscribe to that. Whereas these days, it's slightly more subtle for me. It's people by people they like. And it's the like bit that's really, really important. And not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to want to work with you, buy from you. Um, get over it. Because there are enough people out there that you will connect with. And there's the crucial difference. It's not about I've got to win, you've got to lose. We're going to work together and we're both going to walk away having won. Collaboration. Yeah. Yeah, 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 100%. You got me on my horse now. I'm going to shut up. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, you've pretty much covered all the points that I had, but obviously, the, okay. I've kind of just, is there anything else that we kind of, you think is important to mention or anything we haven't covered? Uh, for professional services, um, I think, I think there's a lot of education that needs to be done, especially to the juniors about why it's important. Um, and, a development that I really like to see um, is where you get young professional networks being created. Normally, a law firm or an accountant firm takes the lead, but you get the juniors from various law firms and accountants and banks coming together to form their own network with the view that they build the relationships now so that when they all hit partner, probably around the same time, those relationships are set, they're already established. That, I think, is very clever, and I love to see that. Um, but I was always, uh, you know, professional services, again, it's that fine balance, is how much time are they allowed to dedicate to it, and it also will be very much led by uh, the board, of, you know, the directors, the partners, how much are they going to let their youngsters go out, what support are they going to give them. Um, so it's something I'll say, talk to partners about and just go, okay, this is... So, for instance, going back to the pandemic, working from home, partners love that because they've probably got lovely homes and it's great, for, you know, fun for them. And I was pointing out that some of your juniors might well be in a house share and they're working out of a bedroom and they're missing out on... So for them, work is more social. You know, that side is more important to them than it would be to you because you're established and you have children. Um, you've got to figure all these things in and to be fair no one has the answers yet it's something they're all we're all trying to figure it out is 
where's the balance working from home how often do they have to come in how often do they want to come in um you know i'm a great believer that if you don't spend time in the office together then the youngsters lose that ability to learn by osmosis just by having senior people around them where they can go excuse me kind of you know what i've kind of had enough from working from home now I kind of got to that level. I mean, it's been since 2020, really. And yeah. obviously, I don't have a permanent office because a lot of the firm's virtual. We will do in the next few weeks, and we will have a new office, yeah. a permanent one. But what I found is whenever I'm traveling or wherever I am, I'm really liking the co-working spaces now. Oh, I adore co-working I spaces because yeah. you get that variety of people around you. You get that social interaction you can just switch off. Um, I, I'm a big fan of co-working spaces. And the other th thing for me, as I'm coming to you now, from a hotel lobby in Exeter, I live and work at of hotels a lot. Um, it's the variety. But, you know, why? Think very carefully. If you're starting up, do you really need an office? It's an expensive thing. Do you really need one? I, I mean, honestly, even with our business that we're going to be buying in the next few weeks, um, I still don't really need the office, but yeah, it, but I think it, it's important. I found, and I don't know if you found this because I'd be interested to take your view. It's a bit, I guess it's a networking question, but what we found is a lot of customers don't like us not having an office, especially being lawyers. It's they a perception love, thing. They, they want to know of like, where am I going? Who am I going to be using? Yeah even though yeah. we're regulated, we do have an address and mm -hmm. they, they could come to that address if they wanted to, but it's just not a public address that we really want people to come to. Yeah, no, it's... A, it, it's and, and we're happy I, to go to people as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I know other um, virtual law firms who do not have any offices. Yeah. Um, it's roundabouts and swings. Some people just won't care. You know, if I look at a, a law firm's website and I see our network of offices, mm. it has it doesn't have any bearing to me. It's like so that actually just worries me that you're going to be very expensive because that's a lot of upkeep there. But if it's like we're just virtual, but mind you, look, we've all learned to live with online banking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my local Barclays branch is closed now in my hometown, so. I would say the older demographic probably would still want to come to their lawyer's office. They would feel reassured by it. Um, as for the generation, the millennials, no, not millennials, generation Z coming up after us, yeah, they would be. They wouldn't bother them one iota. They would wonder why on earth you've got one. Um, yeah. It's weird. And again, with networking, having to address a whole new audience. Um, so that's another reason why you get your juniors out networking as well, because they will be able to relate to the tech startups probably in a way that established senior partners probably will never be able to. And I yeah. would probably include myself in that, not as a senior partner, but tech startups, it's like, mm, okay, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. I, I kind of, I can kind of see it going two ways. One, following the, the future track of no offices and others from, I guess, from our perspective, we're probably going to open a couple more offices only mm. because of where we're based in the West country. It's still that generation that need to have that kind of physicality. Especially if it's a rural community. Yeah. You know, it's like rural communities hate having their bank branches taken away or their post offices taken away or God forbid their pubs taken because they're, they are hubs in the little, you know, in the village. 
Um, yeah. And it's again, it's that same old back to basics for me. It's like we are sociable creatures. You know, it, we're not designed to be living in isolation. We're not. And it's a net, it's a networking place in itself. I mean, I think when I was in my old office in Plymouth, you came in there, and that's where we first met. Oh my, yes, I did. Yeah. It, oh, who was it? Curtis or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I do remember, and it was in a funny area of Plymouth. Plymouth is funny anyway. I mean, I don't know who's watching this, but Plymouth is strange. But yeah, so that so it can be a good place for networking as well. I think and often. Yeah. And people yeah. just walk in as well, so it's, it definitely is um, a good... Oh, yeah, walk-ins. Yeah. That still staggers me. Who the hell goes to get legal advice just walking past without checking their network first? So you can see how my mind works. It's like, <laughs> if I need a good IP... If I, you know, if, I, if, if I needed a good IP lawyer, I would ask my network. Well, I, bad example, because I know, but would you not ask? Yeah. You know, it's like you ask for a vet or a plumber or an electrician. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, no, um, I think we've covered everything. I think that's been. Have we? Pretty, I think that's been pretty informative, and a pretty good. Um, and thing. I would imagine it's quite. It's early in the morning where you are, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. God. It's, not like, it's not that. It's not that early. It's twenty to eight. Okay. It's not that early. Not terrible. So um, no, but I appreciate that, John. That's really good, and I think yeah. there's a lot for people to take out of that, even if you're not just professional services, just generally. On oh, absolutely, to your um, network you know, has been create a network, and basically, I think. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, professional services. It's everybody is very acutely aware that they need to network, but I think everybody. You know, even if you're working or not, for life should have a network. Yeah. Um, I think it can. I don't know. I'm. A, I, you know, it's my subject, so I'm passionate about it. But I think yeah. it can transform lives. I thought that sounded so pompous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it. I think it can. I think it can. So, how can people? The get thing, I think the other last thing to say about it, though, know, after yeah. that pomposity, is to go. It it can be it. It's so much fun. I mean, my life nowadays compared to pre-networking, it was never not fun, but these days it's really fun. And people, networking is fun. You know, yeah. what's not to like about meeting interesting successful people? Yes, I've, you're going to meet some people who are duffers, but you uh, learn how to deal with that too. I've seen our bar bills when Joe comes out with you. Ooh. <laughs> Joe, Joe, if you're listening, when you get to see this, yes, our night out in Paynton. Mm. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. It's about creating friendships, not just professional, yep. also personal, and just having yeah. fun with it at the same time. Oh, one other thing. So the, the something, if you're networking, another aspect or another way of looking at it would be it's a shared experience and you are making memories together. So Joe and I will always remember that night in Paynton when she took me to the, the spinny or whatever, some pub. But, you know, but no one else can have that memory because that was our memory. That's our memory. No, I'll, I'll, rem I'll, remember the, I'll remember the video call at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> oh, yes, actually. No, yes, you did get involved. We did involve you. I've just remembered now. Okay. okay. Mm. Moving yeah. on. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but no, thank, thank you for that, John. And uh, how oh, it's my people, pleasure. 
how can people get in contact with you if they want to kind of use you as your kind of consultancy and um, help with their network? I am very easy to get a hold of. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, John Harvey Guru. I'm on Twitter. Um, my email is john at thesamfireclub.com. I'm going to look at the website, the Samfire Club. Um, seriously, I'm so easy to get a hold of. And, and I always respond. I will never not respond to someone. So if I can help or everyone wants first. And if you want to buy my book, that is on Amazon. Um, so, brilliant, uh, Josh, I'll, thank I'll... you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Yeah, thanks, John, for your time. And I really appreciate that. And I'll put no, your pleasure. at the end as well, just so it comes and up. And this goes out on YouTube eventually, yes? The um, YouTube and Spotify, so they can listen as a recording or see it as okay. well. So, Excellent. Marvellous. I can just stop the recording there. Thank you for watching another episode of The Legal Breakdown. If you would like to talk to myself, Joshua Gardner at Alliance Legal, please feel free to contact me at joshua at alliancelegal.uk or please feel free to phone me on 01548434009 or please add the United Kingdom code if you are calling from abroad. If you'd like to talk to John Harvey, please talk to him or follow him on Instagram at John Harvey Guru or email him at john at the Thank you again for listening and I hope you found it insightful and we look forward to welcoming you to our next episode.